Hey everyone, I hope you're all doing well and having a wonderful week. We are continuing our series entitled Permission Evangelism, uh, and it is based on the book by that same title by Michael Simpson. And in this series, we've been talking about how we can share our faith in a way that is not abrasive, that doesn't push people away, doesn't uh, strain relationships, but is natural and respects what God may already be doing in that person's heart. Because again, the whole um, premise is that we don't save anyone. Nothing that we can do, our words, our actions do not save anyone. That is something that the Holy Spirit has to do, and He is working in the hearts and in the lives of those that we come in contact with. And so first and foremost, we need to be in prayer uh, for those individuals that God would speak to them, that God would move in their hearts and lives, and then look for ways that we can um, point them towards Christ, that we can talk to them about about Christ and um, partner with God in what he is doing in their life. And so we've been looking over these last few weeks uh, of what that looks like, and we've seen examples in Jesus' ministry of what that may look like. And today, we're really going to get into the heart of what permission evangelism is. And uh, one of the things I like in this chapter of the book is that uh, Michael Simpson, as he's writing uh, this particular chapter, he compares evangelism, and particularly um, permission evangelism, much to um, uh, farming and gardening. And we see examples of this in the ministry of Jesus where he tells a story or a parable about uh, sharing our faith, and he compares it to farming or gardening where we're scattering seed, and some of the seeds uh, produce, some of the seeds don't produce. He talks about uh, different um, levels of fruitfulness in those seeds. And he just uses that farming analogy to kind of uh, hit home what sharing the gospel is all about because that was very much a part of their culture and they understood that very well. And a lot of this you can see in Matthew 13. If you get a chance, read through those passages and and see how Jesus illustrates many of these important truths uh, there. We're not going to get into uh, some of that um, to this week, but we are going to be looking at some important truths uh, that we can glean from this idea of evangelism being like farming and gardening. Now, I'm going to confess, um, I love gardening. Um, I, I've, I used to um, uh, dabble and help out on the farm with my grandfather on the, in the summers, and so I know a little bit about gardening, a little bit about farming. Um, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't consider myself a gardener or a farmer, uh, but I do like to work out in my garden, especially when it comes springtime. And um, one of the things that is you learn very early on is that you don't want to waste your seed. Uh, your your seeds are important. That you're not going to have a harvest if you don't um, have enough seed. If you don't have good kinds of seeds. Some seeds are bad, some seeds are good. And so you don't want to waste your seed. You want to make sure you just, you don't just scatter your seed anywhere. You just don't go out and throw your seed around. Um, you you want to put it where it's going to produce the most. And especially that was true in Jesus's time and in Jesus's culture, because that was their livelihood. If, if they didn't have a good harvest, then they were going to starve. They were not going to be able to make it. And so they wanted to make the most of uh, the seeds that they had. And so they would plow their fields. They would sow in those rows. And, and sometimes uh, some of those seeds would fall along the wayside, you know, um, not in the little furrowed uh, paths there that they had plowed. And that was okay because you could still harvest those things that sprouted outside those rows, um, but 
those were not where you would um, get most of your um, produce. That's not where you would find most of your harvest. Um, now, you would spend most of, your time, most of your time preparing the soil that you wanted to plant. You would get the rocks out, you would plow, you would fertilize, you'd do all that sort of stuff. You'd plant most of your seeds in that uh, soil that you had been preparing. And when it came time to harvest, that's where you expected most of your fruitfulness, and that's where you spent most of your time harvesting. And then if you uh, had to or needed to, um, if you had enough time, you'd go back and you would harvest some of the outlying fringe areas as needed. Oftentimes farmers would leave that um, leave that uh, part of their fields unharvested for uh, the the beggars, the slaves, you know, people who didn't really have much, the, the impoverished people. And so the reason why I bring all that up is to say, when we are sharing our faith, yes, it is true that all people need to hear the gospel. Yes, it is true that we need to be willing and ready to share our faith with any and everyone that we come in contact with. But we have only a limited amount of time. Much like farmers, you only have a small window of time for farmers to plant your fields, to um, to prepare your fields, and to harvest your fields. And so time is always of the essence. And that's the, that's the same case with us as well. We only have a finite amount of time and resources. And so we, ought, we need to be wise like those farmers and make the most of the time that we have and most of the resources we have. And we need to be focusing the bulk of our efforts on those whose hearts are um, fertile for the gospel seeds to be planted. Now, the key is um, there are going to be many people who are not ready. Their hearts are not soft to receive that gospel seed, and we need to pray for their hearts to be prepared, but we don't need to get discouraged, and we don't need to um, invest most of our time and efforts in those areas. Share the gospel, sure, but um, we need to be focusing where there's going to be fruitfulness. Now, here's another um, thing to keep in mind. We don't know whose hearts are ready to be um, for the gospel to be sown there or to be harvested. And so that's another part of why we always need to be prepared to have these conversations with any and everyone uh, we come in contact with because... In those conversations, we'll get a better idea, and the Holy Spirit will reveal to us those who are ready to receive uh, the gospel message, and um, the fruit will uh, bear in that. Again, please hear me clearly. I'm not saying that we don't share the gospel with certain people, but I am saying that we need to be wise in, in where we spend the bulk of our time and resources. If you are constantly um, spending time... Uh, and uh, with a person or with a group of people who are um, not uh, receptive to the gospel, they're antagonistic towards the gospel, they're pushing back, and they don't want to hear anything about it, why would you continue to spend your time there and not go to the people who are yearning and aching to hear the gospel. You even see this in the life of Jesus when he talks to his disciples. He sends them out two by two to go to these various towns to prepare the way. And he says, those who receive you and receive your message, bless them and give them your message and, and, and minister to them. But those who reject you, shake the dust off your feet and move along. And I think there's a lot of truth there that Jesus understood. We don't have time to waste with those people who don't want to hear the gospel message. Jesus also talks about not casting your pearls before swine. This is an idea of you have something incredibly valuable 
the gospel message, the good news of salvation. And if you cast those pearls before people who won't value that and will just trample it under your feet, you're not being wise. You're being foolish. And so we need to be very discerning with who we're talking to. And as you're talking with individuals, you know, you'll get a, a kind of an idea of whether or not they're interested in hearing more about God, interested in hearing more about church, about the gospel, about Christ, about your faith and your story and what God's doing in your life. And if they are, then that gives you more room to, to begin sharing more of your faith and more of the gospel message. But if they push back, realize that they may not be ready and you may be uh, foolish and, and using a lot of your time and resources to reach them when God has not prepared their heart yet. So there's a lot more that can be said on that, but I'm just going to hold off and, and maybe we'll come circle back around to that uh, at a later date. But another thing that we need to understand when it comes to permission evangelism is, you know, the question then a lot of times comes to people's minds, well, how do we find the proper soil? And if you get a chance to read uh, that book, um, they'll have a little graphic in there of a triangle and you'll see at the wide base of the triangle, you see people who are not really interested in spiritual conversations. And then as it goes up, it gets narrower and narrower about those who are interested maybe just in spiritual things. And then as it gets a little bit more narrow, people who are interested in Christianity. And as it gets even more narrow, those who are interested in um, knowing and having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the point of that illustration is to say that the vast majority of people that you come in contact with are going to be way down at the bottom of that pyramid at that wide base to where they're not interested in, in talking about deep spiritual matters. They're not interested in talking about sin and the Bible and things like that. And that just means they're not ready yet. So you can continue plowing. You can continue preparing their uh, hearts and, and things of that nature. But just realize they're probably not ready to go deep with spiritual conversations. And if you try to push it, you're, you're not really respecting what God is doing in that person's heart and preparing them. Uh, and you may push them away rather than drawing them closer to Christ. And so just keep that in mind. Now, um, Michael Simpson in his book, he kind of talks about permission evangelism also being like a hallway full of doors. And as you are guiding someone down that hallway, there are various doors or topics that you can test to see whether or not they're interested in walking through that door and discussing that topic with you. And so you don't know where they're going to stop. You don't know what they may be interested in. But as you try different doors, when you find one that they are interested in, be willing to walk through that with them and discuss spiritual matters to that point. But no further, because um, again, you push them too far and you may be doing more damage than not. Now, let me also say at this point, there are times where even if someone is uncomfortable with the gospel and uncomfortable with talking about spiritual matters, that you need to press the issue. Um, and I understand that to be the case, and I think most of us do. You know, if someone is on their deathbed, you know, and they haven't trusted in Christ, you need to press the issue. Um, I understand that there are times and situations where you feel like God is leading you to um, force a conversation where someone doesn't want to have it. And, I, and that's fine. You listen to the Holy Spirit. But again, I want to encourage you, those moments are few and far between. Uh, listen to the Holy Spirit. And oftentimes we are so anxious for someone to accept Christ that we plow through when God's not ready for us to do that. 
Um, so just be mindful of that. Just be prayerful of that. This is God's work, not our work. So we need to listen to him throughout the entire process. And remember that with any kind of evangelistic encounter, it's all about building trust with that person. And if you don't respect them and respect what they're comfortable in talking about and opening up to you, then you you diminish your trust. Um, you diminish how much they can trust in you and open up to you. Um, also, you need to make sure that as you speak with people, you speak in a way that is relevant to them, that speaks to their needs. Not everyone is interested and feels the same needs that we know that they should feel. And so listen to them, understand where they are, and build trust with them. And we're going to talk a little bit more about how to do that next week as we look at um, the power of stories, particularly your testimony and how you can share your story and how that is a wonderful way to draw people in and interest them. And so I hope you'll think on some of these things um, and, and reflect on how this can help you share your faith with your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers. You know, again, if you get nothing else from the series, understand that this is a God-sized task that you are called towards. So don't feel like it all rests on your shoulders. It doesn't. It's all on God's shoulders. He's the one doing the work. He's the one preparing the soil. He uses you at certain times, and at other times, he just wants you to sit back and watch what he's doing. So just keep that in mind. I hope that gives you a little bit more peace, a little bit more freedom as you share your faith to just um, marvel at who our God is and how he works in our lives to, to save us and to bring us into a relationship with him. With that said, I hope you all take care. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you again soon.